Braves country. Welcome back to Brave Scoop. I'm Ryan and I'm with my buddy Marcus. And Braves country, Dansby Swanson is officially gone. Seven years, $177 million to go play for the Chicago Cubs. Well, buddy, I hate to say Braves country, but I, I kind of told you it was coming. And I was pretty close on the numbers, buddy. I said, you you, you hit the nail on the, the, the head with the numbers. And here's my thing. All right, I'm going to throw this at you. And, and, right. and it kind of ticks me off a little bit, okay? And I don't know if it's maybe a player association thing or or what, but, you know, we Braves countries had two instances back-to-back years where, you know, star players saying, hey, I want to be a Brave. I want to be a Brave. And the Braves put the money they could on the table and both of them walk away. And I don't, I see it as, you know, if you really wanted to be a brave, then you would have taken the money that they offered. Chipper did it for years. And, uh, but, you know, understandably, I mean, I, with, you know, Dansby's, you know, wife, I guess, you know, playing professional soccer in Chicago or wherever she plays at, I, I get that part, but, you know, don't, don't say you want to be a brave if you're going to go, chase more money yeah I, I i understand what you're saying buddy so there's a couple separate things that we're going to get into one of them is his press conference and he had a very nice little emotional tribute to atlanta we'll get get into that in a little bit later and then the last thing is is alex anthopoulos did do an interview with the braves beat writer uh jeff schultz if y'all are interested in that article you can go look it up on the athletic um but so during there's a couple instances where i think braves country that i mean everybody was hurt when he left it was very obvious but the tune quickly changed during his press conference with uh, chicago um I, I think it was mainly one quote and i could have i i don't have the quote right in front of me but it was more the whereabouts. I think the reporter asked what drew him to Chicago, what made him want to, what did he think was going to be really good playing in Chicago? And he said, it's one of the best places to play in the MLB. And he says, got the best fan base in the game. So if you're a Braves fan, you got a little ass hurt about it. I understand um, that's your guy for the last seven years who you have supported through all of his ups and downs and a lot more downs than up that kind of took a little shit on you in, in the end. But I want you guys to understand that this dude, um, not so much shitting on you as that he's trying to woo his new fan base. When you go into a new fan base and, and Dansby's situation he is the guy he's not a guy like he was in atlanta he is the centerpiece going to chicago so he's trying to win the fan base over and chicago's not like atlanta so if i don't think it's quite philadelphia i don't think it's quite boston or new york but it's up there man when when dansby goes through some struggles like he always does throughout the season He's he's going to hear it from the Chicago faithful. He's he's going to hear it, and it wasn't like that in Atlanta. Um, I mean, you would hear it on Twitter. Everybody saying he needs to get benched or sent down, yada yada yada. But 
at the end of the day, man, when he came up to the plate, he was very, very much loved by the city of Atlanta. Um, so that, that definitely brought people the wrong way. One, one little tidbit on his story that he told was about his grandfather, Marcus, you'll probably appreciate this. Yeah. Um, he said it was when he was a little kid, he would go across the street, which is where his uh, grandfather stayed at. And every afternoon, you know, Chicago back in the day played a lot of day games. His uh, grandfather always had the Cubs game on. And that's one of his grandfather's favorite teams was the Cubs. It was right behind the Braves. So, I mean, that pulls at your heartstrings a little bit that Dansby gets to go play for uh, arguably another one of his family's uh, favorite teams. So that was a plus. And, you know, if that's a calling card for Dansby, man, let it be a calling card. You know, I mean, who's who am I to say that's BS? Who's anybody to say that's BS? I mean, so, I mean, it sucks. I think, I mean, Braves fans, I understand why you took it as a little bit of a kick in the nads, but, I mean, just let some shit go, you know? <laughs> it's it's not like he was taking a cheap shot at y'all. It's He's trying to woo his new fan base. He's trying to get in the good with them and trying to make a very good first impression is what a press conference is for. Um, and what you got, uh, any takes on the on that, well, buddy? And I'm going to throw out there, too, you know, the money part of it and the, what kind of, you know, the, the $177 million, Chicago has to throw that money at folks to get people to come. Yes. And and that's the only way they're going to entice decent players to to come to their organization. Um, do they have an unlimited budget? Do they have a good fan base that that, you know, constantly sells out? Yes. Um, but, you know, that that's that's the only way to get a, a, a piece of, of, you know, somebody that can come in and, and uh, help to make them, you know, help make them a little bit more competitive. Uh, I do think they need a lot more pieces. I don't think yes. that Dansby yes. is the guy that's going to come in and, you know, help them win a World Series or, or any of that stuff. Um, but, you know, it, they've got to spend that money. I don't think, you know, Braves definitely weren't going to put that kind of money on the table, and I don't no. blame them. And, you know, we've, we've been telling everybody from, from day one that, you know, it's not very likely that he was going to come back to the Braves anyways. No. I think I saw it, and, and you dig into more of this than 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 I do. But I, I did see that Atlanta got up. I didn't see year wise, but you know, something like twenty two million dollars a year was kind of the max that they were willing to go. And and uh, you know, it, it stinks, but got to move on. I mean, you know, Braves fans still haven't moved on from Freddie, and it, it is what it is. You just got to move on from it. And Braves have always done a good job, you know, bringing people in. I think they made some good moves we'll talk about later that that were very um, not, you know, they were moves that safe moves um, that that's going to help this ball club out, I think. And, and you know, I, I wish him the best. And, I, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm downgrading anything. But, you know, if you want to be a Brave, you know, don't come out and say it if you're, if you're not willing to take a little bit of pay cut. All right. So let's, uh, there, this situation was a whole lot different than with Freddie. I, I, I'm going to say that this was handled how Freddie's negotiations should have been handled. Mm -hmm. 
Now you can say what you want with the uh, with the lockout that that kind of screwed things up. I mean, but look, so I'm, I'm gonna dive into a little bit of the details. We'll, we're gonna revisit some of the Freddie stuff. All right, so Freddie never called Alex Anthopoulos personally. All right, he let his agent do all the dealings with Alex, and obviously he didn't appreciate the way Casey Klaus handled his negotiations with Alex Anthopoulos because he got his ass fucking fired in June when Freddie came back to Atlanta and talked to Alex personally. All right. So that's situation. Number one, I think if Freddie was, and I've said this multiple times, I've said it multiple times on this podcast, Marcus, I've told you that about this multiple times. If Freddie would have picked up the phone with when had Alex on there, they would have gotten the deal done probably within 15, 20 minutes. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. You live and learn. I think Dansby lived and learned because from everything that I've read, from The Athletic to every other source of information that has been granted to us by the press, Dansby and Alex, and Alex has said this throughout every interview that he's had since, that he and Dansby talked multiple times throughout this offseason. They actually talked the Friday before he signed. All right? So... Dansby had a number. Alex threw his number out. Dansby countered with an offer at six for 140. All right. So I think that came out to be <clears throat> close to 22 and a half, 23 a year. You know, I'm, that's still, in my opinion, right now with the player that Dansby Swanson currently is, is pushing the limit. Yes, he is very good defensively. He is super duper streaky as a hitter. When he's hot, he can carry you for a month. When he's cold, he is one of the biggest freaking um, pimples on the freaking face of the team. I promise you. I, we've lived it for seven years. All right, so I don't think he was worth that. I, I, Alex offered him six years, and he offered him $100 million. He didn't come off of that number. That was the number that was thrown out there. Alex now has not confirmed nor denied that number. He's kept that private. But that's the number that has been thrown out there. That average, I think, like 16 or 17 mil a year. All right. Dansby's market went up because of the inflation of the market. Every other shortstop got a super long, luxurious deal. And Dansby, he went for the bag. Let's let's call it what it is. He went for the money. And, buddy, six years at 100, and then you got seven at 177. I know we're talking about millions of dollars here, but that's a whole another hundred million. You know, that's a lot of money to be left on the table if you're a human being. And I think if you really wanted to be a brave and Alex said he was willing to take a big pay cut. Alex came out and said, yes, he, he told me and we negotiated prices. He was willing to take a huge pay cut, just not the pay cut that we required. And they basically on Friday said, all right, I'm not going to be back in Atlanta. And the next day, I actually think that night, he and the Chicago Cubs representatives went out to eat in Atlanta, and they finished the deal that night. And he had his press conference a couple days ago. Like I said, and and I can respect that because it was it was more open communication. And, and like I said, I, I'm not trying to downgrade Dansby, and 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 I wish him the luck. I mean, I think I still think he's a, a really good player. Um. And, and I think it's going to help his family life being in Chicago. Um, and, but, you know, 
I think everybody's just getting hung up, wanting him to be a brave, and everybody just fell in love with him. And you got to understand professional athletes. Professional athletes leave. And, yeah. and, and when when you've got millions and millions of dollars on the table, that's going to entice anybody. Anybody. And, yeah. And, and you know, I knew that if he wasn't going to take it, and you knew also a significant pay cut, there was yep. no way Atlanta was going to offer him as much as any, you know, Chicago or, or anybody else would. And, um, you know, cause even though the, the Braves payroll has gone up and, and all that stuff, they're still not, you know, they're not going to just blow away money like the Mets are right now. I mean, just, just to look good on paper and, and, and Ryan knows me. I mean, I'm, I'm one that, you know, money, I've always been in love with the Tampa Bay Rays and what they do. And they do it on a very limited budget and they're successful. And, you know, money doesn't say you're going to win a world series. No. It's yeah. I mean, everybody wanted to dance. I mean, I want to dance me to stay realistically. I was looking at it as his perspective. Do I love the player? Do I love the person? Yes. Uh, he could be a better player, but I mean, you love the person you love how he developed. But, I mean, Marcus, I can't just sit there and be honest with you and say, I think Tansby Swanson's worth $25 million a year. No, I, just, I can't do not. it. And no, race country, I'm, no, and I'm not, and I'm not shitting on him. All right. I'm being completely transparent with you guys on my opinion. Okay. I love Dansby Swanson as a person. I love that he helped bring a championship to Atlanta. I am very happy that he had a breakout year in his free agent year so he could go get his bag. Okay. I'm very happy for him on that. I'm hundred percent glad that Alex Anthopoulos didn't take a risk. We've div- drove in, driven into the numbers with Dansby. He has a lot of strikeouts. I think it was 180 something last year. He doesn't walk a lot. I, I mean, you're going from nice sunny South Georgia to play in all year round to Wrigley Field where the wind blows in more than it blows out. It's cold as shit in April and in September. How's that going to affect him? You're not going to have the shift, so you're not going to have the great defensive positioning that he had with the Atlanta Braves to help give him those extra steps to win that gold glove that he did last year. I'm not saying that was all of it, but that was a good – that was a nice little edge that he had going – for his defense last year is his positioning from the Braves uh, sabermetrics people. Time's going to tell. Uh, personally, I wish Dansby nothing but the best, and I hope he lives up to that contract. And I hope he proves me wrong. Like I've said multiple times, I don't think he will. He is a very good leader. He is a good clubhouse guy. He is a solid shortstop. He's not an elite shortstop, not yet. He could be, and he could prove me wrong, and I hope he does. I just, I don't see it happening. And everybody, good Lord, if if every freaking team's kept every single one of their players, you wouldn't have this wonderful thing we call free agency every year. And you also wouldn't have the chance to see a Michael Harris, a Spencer Strider, or a Vaughn Grissom come up. All right? So – Glass half full type of situation here, all right? You get to see one of the bright young prospects of the Atlanta Braves, see if he can become the new Dansby Swanson, if not better, all right? So with that being said, buddy, um, 
I mean, great for Dansby. Tremendous amount of money. Um, Chicago, you're getting a wonderful human being. You're getting a really good guy in the clubhouse. You're going to have a guy who's going to demand excellence from every single body in that locker room. He comes in every day, does his work. You never hear an excuse out of this man, and he is going to work the skin off of his bones to make sure he is ready to go out there for battle every single day. He get, He's going to play 162 games unless he has not a freak injury that takes him out. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Dansby, and I hope that you unlock his potential even more as a hitter than we did. You know, just don't do it against the Braves. <laughs> but but feel 100% free to do it against the Mets, the Phillies, and every other team in the National League. We would very much appreciate that. But to wrap up, I think the Dansby segment, man, I can't believe it's been seven years since he came up, man. Actually, time flies. I mean, seven years. He, <laughs> I was watching back. It was the last year of Turner Field when he came up uh, for that last little uh, part of September. Man, he was just a baby. Oh man, was he just a baby? Um, it it's been an absolute pleasure to watch you grow as a human being, watch you grow as a player, and how you handled the pressure. And it did get to you. Dansby was very open about his uh, dealings with depression and anxiety, um, and he learned and grew and pl- and flourished with the Atlanta Braves in his last few years. And it was it was absolutely wonderful to see because Marcus, I remember me and you sitting by a fire about three years ago in the off season. You were you were dead set on trading this guy, and I was like, dude, don't do it. <laughs> you came out right. I mean, like I said, he, he, you know me, Bryce Harper comes up and he was like supposed to be the next Babe Ruth. And and I'm one of those guys that is just, you know, when somebody's boasting and bragging about how good a player he is, you know, I kind of take a step back and I'm, I, I'm not saying that Dan's not a great player. I, I think he's a really good player, but I don't think that, you know, he was going to be a game changer like everybody was making him out to be. Yes, he was really good in college. Yes, he was a number one pick. But, you know, he's not a a game changer. Can he be? Yes. He he has the tools. But, you know, is he right now? You know, only only time will tell because this is kind of that – it was a very tough stage because he had, you know, a really good year. And is it – okay, is is Dansby hitting his prime? And right. as a Braves fan, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure AA was the same way, you know, really wasn't willing to make that gamble to get, you know, to hope that he's in his prime and he's playing his best baseball. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, like I said, I mean, if you're a front office executive, you got to go based off the numbers. And do you really want to gamble 25 million on a guy for one elite season? The answer was no. The Chicago Cubs said, yes, we're going to gamble on it. And here's something else that I really want y'all to pay attention to that, you know, I kind of picked up on. You always heard rumblings of other teams being interested in Dansby Swanson, but it was never to this extent. Never. I don't think any team was in the ballpark of the Cubs and what they offered him. I don't even think they were they were in the ballpark. I think they were – 
they were probably a little ahead of Atlanta. They probably offered him around 20, 21 million, you know, six, seven years, whatever it was, but they never offered him 25, 26 million dollars a year. Never. I, th- I think he was everybody's backup plan. He was. He was Chicago's backup plan. Let's let's call it what it was, man. They they missed out on Bogarts, they missed out on Correa, and they missed out on Turner. He was playing D. Uh, it, I'm gonna call it how it is. Now Dansby may prove everybody wrong and say that he should have been playing A for everybody, but like we've said, time will tell. I wish him nothing but the best, man. I mean, he's a good dude, phenomenal guy. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, but there's room for him to grow and develop as a player. And he even said, I mean, so when they sat down in Atlanta, him and the Chicago reps, they basically Jed Hoyer, who is the president of baseball operations over there, was basically being interviewed by Dansby, you know, like, What's your uh, plan to win? How can you grow me as a player? Because I feel like I'm really starting to tap into some things, which I, which I hope is the case for Dansby. And how are you going to make everybody else better around me? And how are you going to build a championship team? He made him lay out their plan for him. It's not like he just went and signed. He made sure that this organization had a plan in place. So it's going to be interesting to see what Chicago does. You know, they got some nice pieces right now, but, they lost a big one at catcher. They really don't have a good catcher now. They still lack some areas in the outfield. They still lack some areas in the infield. You know, their pitching depth's not the greatest. So Chicago's probably two or three years away. And those are two or three prime years for Dansby Swanson. So, you know, you're kind of wasting three years of that contract, in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see how quickly the Cubs try to rebuild this. You got anything else on the Dansby Swanson saga? No, that's it. Good luck. Wish you the best. Let's go Grissom. There you go. It's Grissom season, baby. Um, Braves country. We were officially it's it's we're done talking about Dansby. We've talked about Dansby enough this year. (laughs) We're going to be moving on. All right. So let's hop into the next little signing that the Braves did. They signed Jordan Luplo to a one year, $1.4 million deal. For anybody who doesn't know who he is, he's a corner outfielder. Um, it was 2021 where he hit a big grand slam in the playoff series for the ten- for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, historically, he hits left-handers very, very well, so he's going to be more of a platoon guy, possibly to p- platoon with Eddie Rosario. That's probably basically the plan behind this and to give Ronald a little bit of a blowout there in right field because this guy has a fucking cannon for an arm. 96th percentile in arm strength, Marcus. Yeah, well, and, and I think this is one of those deals where, you know, not a lot of people know about him. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't know a whole lot about him, but it, it goes back to an old cliche. There's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. No. And and, and I think, you know, this guy – it defensively is, is really good, you know, offensively up and down, but, you know, I, I, I think that he, I, I think this is a really good fit and I see Atlanta doing a lot of smaller moves like this too. Um, you know, like, you know, trying to find another shortstop or, you know, to, to help Grissom out, but I, I really like this move. Um, and 
I think that he's one that, you know, like I've said time and time and did on the, uh, again on this podcast, I like these guys that are scrappy, that 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 come to, to the ballpark every day ready to play, and I think he fits that mold too. Um, he's not a world beater, but you know, he's, he's, he's somebody that's, that's, that's going to give you quality at bats. He can give you really good defense and, um, you know, who knows, you know, it, 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 I, I think he has the capability. I saw something in 400 and some odd at bats, 31 home runs or something, which is, you know, not bad. Um, you know, it's pretty good production. Uh, I, I, I like the sign. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a bounce back candidate. I mean, he had a shitty year last year in Arizona. I mean, it's tough to come to the ballpark every day when you're getting your brains beat in. I think, I mean, Arizona had a better year than they've had, but I mean, I mean, you're getting your butts kicked by the Dodgers and Padres <laughs> uh, most of the time out there. So um, we'll see what happens coming over here. Um, it's not going to be any easier pitching. I mean, you're, I mean, the New York Mets have loaded up. The Philadelphia Phillies are, have loaded up for us. Um, the Marlins have really good pitching. Um, it's not going to hurt. And the potential is what Alex Anthopoulos here is looking at is that this guy could be an absolute killer against left-handed pitching. So you have that platoon for Rosario. You have a little bit more insurance just in case your outfielders go down. You add this to the depth that they got with Sam Hilliard from Colorado, who's got really good potential and tools. Um, low risk, high reward type deal here for Atlanta. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's, a, it's like what we were talking about. They're going to add, uh, depth to the bench and for the minor leagues for the long 162 game season that you need. So, but, um, I, I, Braves country, I know you're still waiting on Alex Anthopoulos to pull out a magical wand and bring in a big frontline player, but it's like I've told you, it's not going to happen. You may see an Adam Duvall come back. You may see a Corey Kluber come in for a rotation spot. You may see Elvis Andrews come in to play short. You have Grissom sometime, but that's all you're going to see. If, if we have a big deal, I would be extremely surprised. It's just not how Alex has rolled. So, and I'm go ahead. And this is going to give you, you know, I, I think the Braves are a really good team right now. I know some of the other teams in, in, in the division have really loaded up on some talent and, and spent a lot of money. But I think this yep. gives him some leeway when that trade deadline comes around that, okay, we need a starter or, you know, we, we need another bat that, okay, he can take on some, some contracts or, you know, make some trade. I think it gives him a little bit more flexibility on what he can do once we get closer to the end of the season. I think the Braves are a very competitive team right now as they are. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll even venture to say, I still think that, you know, they're probably the best team in the, in the, in the division. I know money doesn't say it, but I think top to bottom, uh, I, I think they're really good. And, and this just gives, AA some flexibility and, and some money to spend when it needs to be spent. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know how many trades he's, I don't even think he's going to pull a whole lot of trades at the trade deadline unless he's, unless the Braves are for whatever reason, not winning that next year. Or if, you know, somebody major goes down where he has to fill the hole, but the Braves farm system is not what it used to be. All right. So, no. 
They now they had a nice draft class last year, but if you're Alex Anthopoulos, you're looking down the road and you're like, oh shit, Max Freed's coming up. Soroka's coming up. Like, you know, Soroka has a bounce back year or two. He's he's not coming back to Atlanta. All right. Soroka's really has no ties to Atlanta. He's probably gonna take the highest dollar. Max Freed, Alex has kind of let this drag on a little too long, and he's I think after 2024, so 2025, he will be a free agent. After 2024, he will be a free agent. He's going to be extremely hard to re-sign for cheap or cheaper. It's, it's going to be tough. Um, so looking at it that way, you're like, man, you know, we can't really trade any of our starting pitching depth of these prospects because I got to see – who's going to be the guy I go to if Max Free leaves us. So I don't have to dish out a six-year, 200-plus million-dollar contract for a guy who's 31 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much more room Alex really has to play in the trade market. We will see. Alex can be aggressive if he feels like it's it's the right time to win another championship. But – also, you got to keep in mind he's trying to play the long game of keeping this team in the playoffs year in, year in, year in. You know, he's trying to play that long game that the Braves played back in the 90s and early 2000s, trying to win all those division titles and having a chance to win a World Series. Because if 2021 was not enough of a proof, the Braves were not the best team that year. They were probably the worst team going into the postseason, but. They got extremely hot at the right time. They got hot in August and ran that through all the way for a World Series title. You don't have to be the best team. Philadelphia proved that last year. You think they were the best team in the National League going in? Hell no. But they ran the table and got all the way to the World Series, but they lost it. So it's like it's a crapshoot once you get into October. So you just got to get in. So I don't know how many more moves he's going to have. I don't anticipate a whole lot on the trade block, but I mean, good Lord, we still have a solid seven in the lineup. We got a, probably the best bullpen in the national league East because the Mets still haven't really addressed their needs and the Phillies really haven't addressed their bullpen needs yet. So I mean, we're going to get into the Mets big signing here in just a second, but I'm right there with you, buddy. I still think the Braves, I mean, they're the man to beat. They've been on the uh, top of the mountain for the last five years. You're going to have to knock that man off before I'm going to switch my mind. Yep. And and to kind of throw this at Max Freed, too, I, I kind of I get a feeling with him, too, he's not one that's going to – that the Braves are going to be, be able to re-sign. No, I think he's not. He, I, think, I think he ends up back on the West Coast. He's going um, home to L.A. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't see it unless he's, you know – uh, has some, you know, pretty crappy years and, you know, but I just, I don't see Braves being able to dish out enough money to keep him. No, man. He's, I mean, I think Ron Dome signed like a six year, 100 and like upper, it was like close to 200 million. It was like 170 yeah. something. And that's what, and that's what Max Freed's going to want. And rightfully so he's pitched the shit out of the ball and he's shoved for Atlanta for the last several years and he deserves it. But, He's going to be 31 years old. You know, now 
if you look at Verlander and other guys, yes, the longevity of pitchers have been shown to be increasing, but Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander isn't everybody. There's a lot of guys who are out of the league by 33, 34 years old. It just happens. So and I'm not saying Max is one of those guys. He could be. He's already – he had Tommy John at an early age. It's once you had it one time, it's not a sure thing that it's not going to happen again. It's likely to happen again. Ask Johnny Venters. He had three of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's – and the Dodgers are going to be hot on his heels. They know he's an L.A. kid. They know he has ties to that community, and they have a lot of money. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to L.A. So also don't be surprised if the Braves go after a big-time free agent pitcher this next offseason in accordance to try to flip Max Fried to replenish the system. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Not a bit. And it would be a smart move on AA's part. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. But And don't get me wrong. I love Max Fried. I would love for him to sign an extension. I just don't see it. All right, buddy. The Mets have definitely loaded the fuck up this year. <laughs> yeah, this, this so, whole deal was crazy. So, yeah. so let's let's dive in. We we talked about Correa going to the Giants for that thirteen year, three hundred fifty million dollar deal. He failed his physical. Apparently, there there has been nothing coming out about what he failed. Nothing on the Giants' part. Nothing on Correa's part. It was literally. As Correa was suiting up to go do the press conference, that <laughs> San Francisco pulled the plug and like, look, dude, you failed this shit. We ain't, we're not doing these terms. We'll still negotiate with you. Well, Correa is a Scott Boris client. Boris just called up to New York. Hey, man, Correa's back on the market. What y'all want to offer? 12 years, $315 million, That sound good? And apparently it did because Correa is now a New York Met. Yeah, and and the only thing I saw it was just a projection. They it was you know, talking about a back issue of some sort that this kind of lingered in the past few years. But I mean, I don't blame the Giants. I mean, no. you, you're you're giving this guy a bunch of money and a lot of years, and you know, it, one he was going to be older in the first place after this contract was over with. Yeah, forty. But, but uh, I mean, you, you got to have some some sort of, uh, how do I put it, uh, security, I guess, or make yourself feel a little bit better that, hey, this guy can pass a physical and, and he's going to be yeah. okay, for, you know, seven or eight years or, or, or whatever. But uh, uh, I, I'm just – it just kind of baffled me when I saw it, and I'm having to look it up because to make sure it's even true because, <laughs> you know, this yeah. – uh, probably back in the older days or whatever before Facebook, I'm pretty sure this happened, but you know, a lot or a lot more, but you just you don't see it. No, you where, don't see it uh, a lot. You know, the, the player fails the 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 physical and then all of a sudden the, the offer gets pulled off the table. <laughs> all right. So for a lot of you guys who I mean don't really know what these players do for physicals. All right, it's not just a test or anything that they gotta do a physical fitness test or anything. They go through MRI machines, and basically that basically brings up your whole body and shows you what muscles are torn, what like what bones are wearing down, what joints are wearing down. Have you had previous injuries? That normally shows up because you got scar tissue around the area, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so 
if what you said is true, Marcus, and it is a back issue, that is something to be very concerned about, and the New York Mets should know all too well about that. The last player they had that situation with was, was David Wright. Mm-hmm. And he spent the majority of the later part of his career on the disabled list and had to retire because of his back. And he had um, degenerative, uh, I think he had degenerative disc disease and narrowing of the spinal co- column in yeah. like his 30s. And basically, his bone was just deteriorating in his spinal cord. So he's probably going to have a shitload of back problems later on in his life. And this is all pure speculation. There's nothing hard on this. If it is his back, that is something that should be taken very seriously. Um, But hopefully it's nothing for Correa because he is a spectacular player and he's fun to watch. So, but even just throwing that out the window, man, he's going to be 40 at the end of this contract, and he is not going to be the same Carlos Correa. No, absolutely not. And and what was funny is what I saw is uh, somebody threw out there, yeah, they're going into another Bobby Benia contract, and they just, you know, paid that off this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how to speculate. I mean, if, if it is a back, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you from experience, it, it ain't no fun having back issues. And to be able to go out there 162 games in your late 30s, I mean, me personally, with the little bit of back issues I have right now, I can't even play church league softball or anything like that. It, it's, I just can't handle it from a back standpoint. But, to, you know, to be 40 years old and, and – and with this, you know, at the end of this contract and trying to play 162 ball games to justify the amount of money that that they're paying me. Uh, good luck, Mets. Uh, uh, <laughs> get, have the whirlpool ready, I guess. Yeah. Um, look, it, for the first five, six years of that contract, y'all will probably be very happy. By the end of that contract, you're going to be like, don't ever sign one of those again, mm-hmm. you know. So he's going to play third base, which is going to take a little bit of load off his body. You're going to have Correa at third. You got Lindor at short. You're going to have the flying meth squirrel, uh, Jeff McNeil over at second. You still got Pete Alonso who can't move or the shit over at first base. They signed a nice little catcher, um, Omar Navarez. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have a great year with the bat, but he's a pretty good defender. Um, and then you got your standard outfield. You got Nemo in center. Marte and right and Mark Cannon left. So they got a solid team. You moved Escobar from the starting lineup to the bench. So that helps your bench depth. You got a very nice team. Now your depth's really not too much of a concern unless you have a shitload of injuries. You're starting rotation. You had the uh, import coming from Japan who looks to be phenomenal. You added uh, who was it? Quintana. I think they added Jose Quintana. You yeah. got Justin Verlander, obviously, and you got Max Scherzer. But those two have had an injury pit history very recently, so we'll see how well that goes. I mean, the one question y'all had last year was your fucking bullpen, and you haven't addressed it yet. You signed back Edwin Diaz, and you signed back um, Ottavino, who was okay, but he wasn't a world beater by any means. And you brought in the one nice lefty, Brooks Raley. So your biggest issue you still have not solved yet. You solved third base, 
but you still haven't solved the bullpen yet. Because your starters are not going to throw 230 innings next year each. They're just not going to do it. Especially the guy from Japan who's only used to throwing every like seven days. Mm -hmm. So I'm still kind of waiting on the bullpen. I'm, I'm sure Steve Cohen's not done. He's throwing this much money out there. You might as well finish the rest of the team off, you know, shit. Yeah. And then, you know, as, as an opponent, I'm looking at, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my very best to try to figure out a way to get pitch counts up and starters and get in that dang bullpen. And oh, absolutely. And, I mean, even if that means, you know, me, I, I'm one of those, you know, old school guys. I'll, I'll tell a you know, team in a heartbeat, Hey, go up there and take a pitch until you get a strike Yeah, just to get, pitch counts up to, to get, you know, the big parts or the big pieces of their team out of the game. Man, and for – God, Braves country, y'all got to freaking calm down, acting like the Mets are the most vast superior team or the Phillies have become that. Dude, they are doing all this just to catch the Braves, okay? They're just doing all this to try to catch Atlanta. The Braves have – right now they still got a little bit of depth questions – Alex is probably going to solve that. I'm not worried about it. You got a solid starting nine, and you got them locked up for a while. You have probably the best player in the National League coming back at full strength in Ronald Acuna Jr. And, man, I don't know about you, buddy, but if he – remember the first half he had in 2021 before he got injured? Yep. If he does that for an entire fucking season – the Braves are probably – I'm not going to say they're going to run away with the division, but they're going to win the division. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do damage in the postseason if Ronald's doing that type of damage. Yeah. I mean, in 2021, he was by far – he was better than Mike Trout. That's how good Acuna was in 2021 before he got hurt. He was above and beyond everybody in every single stat line. It wasn't even close. And then you got the potential of having every – person in your starting rotation in Atlanta being a number one pitcher from freed all the way down to Soroka. You got a, you got the best bullpen in the national league already. So calm down the Mets signed Correa and Justin Verlander and and Edwin Diaz and all the rest of their money in order to try to attempt to catch Atlanta. And they may be just about there talent-wise now, finally, after $400 million spent this offseason. Yeah, well, I'm saying – I mean, they're close. I still don't think they've caught Atlanta. And, no, but and, they're they're very close. I will say that. And and the money says, yes, they should be. But, uh, you know, I, like you, you're you know saying top to bottom, the Braves are the most complete team in the Eastern Division right now. By, uh, there's no question. You go ahead, buddy. You got anything? I said that's that's about it. I I, I think you know like, the Braves are the are, are really complete, and they've they've got their their big pieces locked up for a long time, and you know they didn't go in and you know spend the bank trying to get players to come in to 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 narrow a gap between another team. I mean, I, I, I think the Braves just in a really good, uh, just really good scenario. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yes. They're in a very, very good situation. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of moves Alex mo makes to fill out the roster, but I mean, there's not a whole lot he has to do. So we're done with the Mets. We're done with the Braves. We are moving on to one of the biggest hot topics that we have had in the last few years in the baseball world. That was just announced today around 8.30. Trevor Bauer is reinstated by Major League Baseball after a 194-game suspension for violating MLB's code of conduct, uh, particularly the sexual harassment portion, and have said that they plan to um, – and the Dodgers have said they plan to release him. They have until January 6th to make that decision. I, I, I don't like this guy in the clubhouse. Uh, just – yeah, you know, just look. You know, watching his demeanor and and how he carries himself. Um, somebody's going to give him a chance. Somebody's going to pick him up. I hope it's you know definitely hope it's not the Braves that that does it. Uh, I think he's a really good pitcher. Um, but I I think he brings more crap to the table than he's worth. Yeah, um, the dude's weird. All right, so the whole situation, I'm sure you know about it, Braves country. Uh, Marcus, I'm sure you've done heard about it. For, I mean, it's fucking been going on for two years, it seems like now. So um, he's a weird individual. Um, you can kind of pick up on that through his YouTube if you ever watch that crap. Um, he does have some good stuff on pitching mechanics and stuff like that. So if you just want to pick a MLB's uh, – pitcher's brain i mean that's a pretty good source to go through but man that's just got to be a distraction having a fucking camera in the fucking clubhouse with the guys who are trying to put in work for a big league season you know i get what he's trying to do for the fans and this that and the other but with all this shit that's going to come with trevor bauer the amount of fan backlash that is going to come with him and the amount of media presence that's going to be there for a long time because of what he did or did not do, for whatever reason, we still can't say for a hundred percent fact whether he did what he was accused of or not. Um, dude, it ain't fucking worth it. No. And it's going to take a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Colorado Rockies, a team that has absolutely nothing to fucking lose, and they're going to be like. Here's the league minimum. You can come pitch. And if you're doing really good, and if you keep your nose out of the fucking media for half a season, you may be able to get flipped at the deadline for a big piece for us in the future. That is literally all I see happening for Trevor Bauer. And that, and I don't even know if that's going to happen. He he may be out of the game, man. Yeah, well, that, that that's what I was going to throw out. I was – Go to Korea, go to Japan, go to Mexico for a year. Get away from all this crap. And, and you know, just not too many teams are going to want that publicity in their clubhouse. And, you know, it, wherever he signs, it, it's, it's going to bring a lot, of, uh, a lot of negativity, I guess is the word. Whether, you know, he did it or not. I know what I read was there's just not enough evidence to prove yeah. that he did yeah. do it, but they couldn't say that he didn't do it. Correct. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, one, I was never a fan of him in the first place. And, but two, I just, you know, 
it would just be best for him to 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 get away and and kind of reinvent himself and try to figure out who he is and you know come back i mean there, there's there's nothing wrong with you know going away for a little while trying to uh you know get back in the groove or whatever because he's been out for you know almost you know what year and a half two years or whatever and 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 um just to get away from all this crap and just recenter himself i guess is the word i would hope after uh all this bullshit whether he did or didn't do it i i i couldn't care less whether he did or didn't do it i'll just put that out there all right it's not for me to say i, I don't have any knowledge in the situation i wasn't bauer and I wasn't the woman in that situation. Okay. So there's really only two people who know what the fuck was going on. All right. So y'all can have your opinions on shit, but for Trevor Bauer, man, what fucking possessed you because a girl commented on your Instagram picture or whatever the fuck you posted to go and meet this lady to go, to go do what they did. Like, if that doesn't spell trouble written across it, I don't know what would. You're a big leaguer. She knows you make a lot of money. And in in this in this world, the media and everybody is gonna take her word over yours, regardless of whether you did it or not in this situation. That's just the world we live in. So why would you take that chance in the first place? So I hope you learned that lesson, first off. Second off, if you want to pitch in the fucking big leagues again, keep your nose out of trouble, put your head down, work your ass off like you say you do, and get back to the fucking picture that you were before all this shit started. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah, and, and I think, too, and, and it goes back to that the, the money thing. And, you know, his free agent year, and, and you might remember a whole lot better than money, I do. But, you know, the, the free agent market pitching-wise that year wasn't fabulous that I can recall. And No, he was the crown jewel. Yeah, and, and that's why he got the money that he did, because he was, you know, the best of a, a free agent class of pitchers that weren't real good. And, you know, if he, if he was a free agent this year, he probably wouldn't even come close to whatever contract he got. Um, but, you know, it, it, he just got to keep his nose out of, out of trouble. I think that, you know, he can go, you know, he, he's a good two or three starter. He's, you know, not a number one guy. Could he be? Yes. But uh, I just think that getting away from his situation for a little while, let the, the, the water calm down a little bit and then and then try to come back. Yeah, uh, uh, Trevor's not going to do that, sadly. Um, he's going to try to find a big league team. I think going overseas would probably be his last resort type deal because that's just who he is. He He's a big league pitcher who has a big ego about him. Um, that's been very well stated throughout his YouTube videos. The shit that I've seen, which I mean, every big league player pretty much has an ego, but he he flaunts his out there pretty good. Um, whatever team signs him is going to have a fucking circus for at least the first year. Yep. And the Dodgers are like, man, we've already got enough of this shit going on. We already got a big media 
uh, market. We already got some shitty reporters. We do not need this attention. So that's probably why they're releasing him. Probably has nothing to do with the pitcher or his situation. They're probably just looking at it as a, well, we don't want to deal with this shit. You can go somewhere else. Probably what Mm -hmm. they're going to do. And I completely understand that from the Dodgers point of view. Yep. So that's all I have on Trevor Bauer. I don't think he's worth any more time to talk about than that. Um, that fiasco is going to be interesting just to see how it plays out. Um, hopefully he learned a valuable lesson in all of this. Um, and doesn't try to solely put everything on MLB for keeping him out of the league for two years because brother, if you didn't pick up the phone and message that girl, you wouldn't be in this situation. So, um, that's all I got to say on Trevor Bauer. And I think that really wraps us up, my friend. Yeah, I think so. Um, Braves country, we uh, we were a little late on the pod. Um, Marcus just had his, uh, was it your third year? Third year anniversary? Uh, second year. Second year anniversary, man. So happy y'all enjoyed that to the fullest. And uh, happy belated birthday, my friend. Well, I appreciate it, and the you know, Lord's blessed me with with good friends and good family, and 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 you know a lot of good things in my life, and and uh, you know I'm just very blessed to be where I am, and and uh, I just have to thank the Lord every single day for what He's given me. So, absolutely, I appreciate it. Man, you're 40 now. Well, I don't feel 40 <laughs> yet. So I, I was telling some people at church the other day. I said I. Yeah, I'm 40, but I, you know, I don't, you know, other than a little bit of a back issue, I, you know, I'm, I'm scared to death one day I'm going to wake up and it's just going to hit me that I can't, you know, uh, the, the old stuff's just going to all of a sudden hit me and I'm not, not going to know how to react. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, again, happy birthday, happy anniversary to you and Allie. Um, very happy for you too. And Brace country we're probably not going to be back on the pod until after the first year we're just uh we both got a lot going on um unless there's a huge signing i don't see us getting back on it's going to be after the first of the year so look for us then um sorry for the late podcast but obviously marcus was super busy with his personal life and i was doing a lot as well so if there's any big news breaking for the braves you know we'll uh, cover it and until then Y'all have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.